0: on now. Chapter 11, we uh, turn to to David. And uh, would somebody read chapter 11, verses 1 to 9?
1: Then all Israel gathered to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and your flesh. In times past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord your God said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and you shall be prince over my people Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and David made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord. And the anointed David came over Israel according to the word of the Lord through Samuel. And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, that is, Jesus. and the Jebusites, <coughs> the inhabitants of the land, were there. And the inhabitants of the said to David, You shall not enter here." Nevertheless, David captured the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Now David and, uh, had said, Whoever strikes down a Jebusite first shall be chief and commander. And Joab, the son of Zeruiah, went up first, so he became chief. And David dwelt in the stronghold, therefore it was called the city of David. And he built the city all around, from the millow even to the surrounding area. And Joab repaired the rest of the city, and David became greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him.
0: There are some themes that I want you to notice. One theme is all Israel. That is a real theme in Chronicles. All Israel, the unity of the people as they come together here to make David king. Another theme of these two chapters, 11 and 12, is how they gather to David or they come to David. You might look at chapters 11 and 12 sometimes and just notice how many times they come to David. Now, as they come together to David, where is David? Hebron. Hebron. Where was Hebron relative, say, to Jerusalem? Considerably south. It was uh, a southern city. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I'm right, it was a city of refuge. But it was uh, in, in the southern part of Judah. And they make David king. Now they have some reasons why they've chosen to make David king. What are those reasons? Saul's dead. Saul's dead. Yeah, the military successes he has had make him a logical choice for kingship. What else? <laughs> he was the one the Lord chose. It seems to me like that ought to be the first and only reason. But at least they do acknowledge that as a reason. God had chosen him to be the shepherd of his people. Appropriate choice, since that's what David's occupation was prior uh, to becoming a king. And, uh, so they come to David, and they make a covenant with him, uh, and, and he becomes king. Now, we really know that this time in, in, in Hebron, there was still a rival king, part of that time, in Israel. Who was that rival king? Ishbosheth. And that lasted for a while, until David was finally crowned king in Jerusalem later on, and, you know, then there was no rivalry. Um, What do they do to make somebody king? What's the the symbolic act? They anoint him. The idea of anointing is often the idea of sort of making somebody king. We might crown them. They'd anoint them. Uh, Do you know what the word anointed one is in Hebrew? Messiah. Messiah. That just means anointed one, or like a king. Do you know what the word in Greek is? Christ, yes, which means anointed one. Jesus was the Christ, he was the anointed one, he was the king. And then David picks out a capital city. Um, Now this is, we're kind of lumping together these things. He's gone from Hebron, and we know he's been there for seven years, but we're not giving a whole lot of attention to some details in Chronicles, and uh, he comes to Jerusalem and picks that out as its capital. Um, there are some good reasons why Jerusalem was an ideal place for a capital. What are some of those reasons? It was in a mountainous region, set on a hill, easy to defend. What else? It was, in the middle of the land. It was sort of in the middle between the north and the south of which there was already some divided uh, thinking between the north and the south. It Eventually, the kingdom divides between the north and the south. Um, Did Jerusalem, uh, before David made it the capital, did it belong to the north or to the south? It didn't belong to either one of them. Who did it belong to? The The Jebusites. See, this is ideal. It wasn't really either a northern city or a southern city. It was a Jebusite city, as a matter of fact. You wouldn't have thought that there would have been a Jebusite city, but remember, they did not drive on all the inhabitants of the land. And while they had conquered Jerusalem initially, they let the Jebusites come back in, and they were controlling the city, and they've got to fight the Jebusites for Jerusalem. The Jebusites thought nobody could take them. <laughs> they said, you shall not enter here. But David says, whoever conquers the city becomes my commander, and guess who conquered it? And therefore he became David's commander. Joab was related to David how? Nephew, son of David's sister. We'd already looked at that. It's interesting that Jerusalem is a little like another capital city we know from world history. Do you know of another capital city that was sort of founded because it was kind of on the border between the north and the south and didn't belong to either one? Washington, D.C. That's kind of why we picked Washington as the capital. You know, to have picked Boston would have alienated the south, or to you know, pick one of those southern cities would have alienated the north, but, but they picked a place that wasn't really going to either one and uh, made a city there right in the middle. So that's what they do. Jerusalem technically belonged to which tribe? Benjamin, which was kind of a border tribe. Benjamin does more ally itself with Judah, but it was still kind of a border tribe. So Jerusalem was a good, uh, good city for, for David to pick as capital. Jerusalem is mentioned 151 times in Chronicles. 22% of the times it's mentioned in the whole Old Testament. So clearly Jerusalem is a big focus of Chronicles. The temple is a big focus. This is a book very much dedicated to the worship of God in Jerusalem in the temple that will be built. Notice verse 9, David became greater and greater for the Lord of hosts was with him. All right, come into questions on 1 to 9. Okay, would somebody read 10 to, um, oh, I don't know, let's do 10 to 19.
2: together with all Israel to make him king, according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. And these constitute the list of the mighty men whom David had. Joshua being the son of a Hachmonite, the chief of the thirty, he lifted up his spear against three hundred whom he killed at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Aholite, who was one of the three mighty men. And he was with David at Damon, where the Philistines gathered together there to battle. And there was a plot of, fu- of ground full of barley, and the people fled before the Philistines. And they took their stand in the midst of the plot and defended it, <coughs> and struck down the Philistines, and the Lord saved the Lord saved them by a great victory. Now three of the thirty chief men went down to the rock to David in the cave of the dolom, while the army of the Philistines was camping in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in the stronghold, while the garrison of the Philistines was at de- was in, in Bethlehem. And David had a craving and said, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water from the well of Bethlehem, which was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me before my God that I should do this; shall I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives, for at the risk of their lives they brought it. Therefore,
0: he would not drink it. to three mighty men. All right. We are looking at David's mighty men. These mighty men are in a group of 30 main mighty men. Now, we're going to come up with a list of them at the end of the chapter that numbers more than 30. I'm assuming that's 30 at any given time to where when one dies, they replace it. You know, these are David's Green Berets or something that way. These are his, his main 30, the 30 greatest warriors of his. But out of those, there are some really mighty men. There's a group of three, and then there's a few others that don't attain to the three, but they're still really, really mighty. And we're looking at what some of these people did. These mighty men supported David to make him king. That was helpful. And uh, look at some of the ones on the list. For example, in verse 11, Jehoshabim. What did Jehoshabim did, do? Yeah, with a spear. <laughs> that must have been quite a feat. Uh, no wonder he uh, got, was the chief of these three mighty men. Can you imagine uh, spearing 300 men at once? Uh, not necessarily on the same uh, uh, spear thrust, but... Uh, <laughs> but all in one battle... Uh, I think uh, one on 300 is pretty bad odds. What would you say about Jehoshaphat besides the fact that he's obviously good with his spear? He had the Lord on his side. He had faith. And he had something else. A lot of guts, man. You, you, you give me a spear and have 300 you know, soldiers against me, I think I would run, not fight. He didn't. And uh, he got to be the... Uh, chief of the 30. And then there's Eliezer, the son of Dodo. That's uh, always uh, good. And,
3: uh, And what did he do?
0: He was one of the three, but what did he do? Yeah, he defended the plot of barley against the Philistines even though others had fled. You know, he was the one that stuck it out, and he wasn't going to let them take that plot of barley. Again, a great deal of courage. Notice the end of verse 14. It is the Lord who's giving the victories. That's even why these men are able to have such great courage. Don't think of the courage as being so much, they've worked out a lot, and they just know they're tougher than everybody else. Think of the courage as being faith and trust that the Lord is able to gain the victory. Would you say that David had courage when he fought Goliath? Absolutely. But it was not courage because he thought, man, I'm so good with this swing, I know I can get him. It was courage in saying, I know God will give us the victory. That's, that's the source of, of proper bravery in the Lord's service. And then there's these three. I don't know if these are the three or another three. But David is down there at the cave of Adullam and uh, fighting against the Philistines. And what did David really long for? Oh, if I just had water from the well in Bethlehem. Well, how would David have known anything about water from a well in Bethlehem? That's where he was born. That's where he was raised. So he's thinking about, you know, nostalgically, you know, when he was a kid growing up and he could drink that water from Bethlehem. Boy, that was good water. But the Philistines hold Bethlehem at the moment. The three hear David say that, and what do they do? Yeah. They're able to break through the the Philistine ranks, get in the water, and bring it back. I don't assume that's what David had in mind. I think he was just sort of, you know, musing about it. But that's what they did. What did David do when they bring him back this water? Well, that was a waste. Here they went to get all this, this water for him, and he pours it out on the ground. Why did he do that? offers as a sacrifice to God because he he has such admiration for their courage. He did not feel he said, This is like their blood. They risked their life for this. I can't drink it up for this blood of theirs out before the Lord as an offering to God. And really he shows greater respect and greater admiration for them. He was not going to take advantage of their sacrifice, but to honor God with it. That was really an amazing thing. Shows a lot of loyalty to David. David managed to inspire his men. Um, So, comments or questions uh, through verse 19. These are some really cool stories. And, you know, some of these are neglected. I mean, did you hear these Bible stories as a kid growing up? You know... You heard about Samson and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and all that, but did you hear about Jehoshabim and uh, about Eliezer, the son of Dodo, and about these three guys who brought the water? I mean, these are some good stories, too, and, and, and powerful examples of faith in the Lord. So uh, we probably ought not to neglect these as much as we do. Quick, quick question.
4: Good. good. Okay, the, you, got, you got the two list, so who's the... Is,
1: it's the, who's the
0: third the third is one there? is not there the third one is in second samuel 20 somewhere 23 i think you're right second samuel 23 it's uh Shama. second uh, samuel 23:11 uh and uh he also defended a plot of lentils uh but i think that's uh
4: <laughs>
0: well hey so, yeah, you've got, uh, you've got Jehoshaphat or whatever, Eliezer, and Shammah in Second uh, Samuel 11. Mm-hmm. There's even a possibility that there's some textual confusion here and that it should be Shammah that defended this plot of barley in verse 13. I won't go into all that. I don't know enough to go into it. So, Other questions or comments? That was a good question. Okay, um,
4: 20 to
0: 25.
3: Abishai, the brother of Joab, was the chief of another three. He had lifted up a spear against three hundred men, killed them, and won a name among these three. Of the three, he was more honored than the other two men. Therefore, he had become their captain. However, he did not obtain the first three. Benaiah was the son of Jehada, the son of a valiant man from Kabziel, who had done many deeds. He had killed the lion heroes of Moab. He had killed two lion heroes of Moab. He had also gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit of a snowy day. And he killed the Egyptian, a man of great height, five cubits tall, and Egypt- <coughs> in the Egyptian hand there was a spear like a weaver's dream. And he went down he went down to him and that wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's <coughs> hand and killed him with, with his own spear. These things, and I... The son of Jehoiada Jeho- did <clears throat> and won the name among these three mighty men. Indeed, he was more honored than the, three, than the thirty, but he did not attain to the first three. And David appointed him over his guard.
0: Okay, so we've got a couple of guys here who are not in the three, but they're still really great. Um, Abishai, Joab's brother, and what had he done? He killed 300 with a spear. I'm not sure why that wasn't good enough to get him into the, the, the big three, but it was uh, enough to get him honorable mention here at any rate. And uh, Benaiah, who ended up being the captain of David's bodyguard, uh, but Benaiah, what all did he do? Yeah. He killed these two, um, and Kyle's translation is a little different. There's some question about the translation on this, but two Moabites at least. Then he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Uh, that would have been quite a thing to see. And then what else did he do, Colin? Yeah. Yeah, an Egyptian giant. How big was he? Seven and a half feet tall. That would be pretty good sized. And uh, how did he kill him? Yeah, he ended up managing to get his own spear away from him and killing him with that. Does that remind you of anything, sort of? David and Goliath, doesn't it? Goliath was a giant. And David killed him with his own sword. You know, Benaiah does sort of a David-like thing here, and uh, so those are just some of the great feats of some of the mighty men that helped David. Obviously, if David's got courageous men like this among his soldiers, he's going to be able to do more things and. Fighting off the Philistines or whatever else he needs to do. Fighting off the lions, for that matter. So uh, so these are, these are some of the ones that really helped David. Do you have any comments or questions through 25? Now, here is the list of the 30 from 26 through uh, 47, even though there's more than 30 here. That's just because, I think because, they replaced them from time to time. And so this is... Uh, Um, a a total list of those who had attained to the 30 at any given time. Um, Some of these aren't even Israelites. Look down at 39, you've got an Ammonite. Look down at 41, you have a Hittite. Uh, That's Uriah, by the way. He was one of the 30 uh, that David killed, Bathsheba's husband. And uh, verse 46 mentions a Moabite. And uh, there are some others that are ites of some sort, but they may actually be Israelites from some particular town. So, all right. Comments or questions on chapter 11? I've mean,
2: never really understood. Are these mighty men like kind of personal protective of David? Are they more like captains where they have their own army and they all come together and to form the whole Israelite army? Because, I mean, probably they like the chariotites and the poetites who later on like the valiant warriors? Are they their own separate army?
0: Those are all good questions and I don't know that I have a good answer. I am not persuaded that they were bodyguards like the Karathites and Pelathites. For one thing, take Uriah, for example. We know he was on the battlefield. He wasn't there defending David. Whether or not they had a unit of their own, like a special forces unit, or whether or not they had, you know, were captains or were just spread out among the others but they got purple hearts or whatever, I'm not sure. I mean, I think all those are possibilities and I, I don't know that we have a definitive answer to that. It's a good question. Other comments and questions? Okay. Uh, Chapter 12. um, Would somebody read uh, verses 1 and 2? Now these were the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was
2: still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers in the war, armed with bows using both the right hand and the left, and hurling stones and shooting arrows with the bow, they were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren.
0: Okay, now one of the things that I want you to notice here is that we're kind of looking at different places. In chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, they made David king where? At Hebron, and presumably the mighty men from 10 and following, are in Hebron. But now in chapter 12, verses 1 to 7, these are ones who came to David where? Ziklag. Okay, we've got to remember back. Ziklag, Ziklag. When was David in Ziklag? When he was fleeing from Saul, Ziklag was a city that was given to David for him and his men by whom? The Philistine king whose name was anybody remember? Akish. Good, Akish. Um Akish may be like a throne name. There were lots of Akishes. Maybe like the Pharaoh. He was the Akish of, of Gath, I don't know. But anyhow, during those sixteen months that he had that he stayed in Gath and made raids against Judah's enemies, This was in Ziklag. So here are some who come to David in Ziklag, including in verse 2, some people you would not have expected to come to David in Ziklag. Who? Saul's kinsmen. This is when David's in Ziklag because he's fleeing from Saul, but some of Saul's own people from Benjamin come and defect to David and they join his mighty men in Ziklag. These Benjamites had particular skill with what? Arrows Arrows and bows and slingshots. Isn't that interesting? That confirms what we said a little earlier about uh, the Benjamites, and there's some other passages uh, in in Judges particularly that uh, talk about their Benjamite ability with with bows and arrows and so forth. Uh, But they had a lot of courage (laughs) to cross the line uh, and come to David, even though they were relatives of Saul, and they did, and they're listed uh, through verse seven. Do you have qu- comments or questions through twelve seven? All right. Uh, somebody want to read twelve eight?
1: You have the Gadites separated themselves under David to the, stro- to the stronghold in the wilderness. Mighty men of valor, men trained for war, they could handle shield and spear. Whose faces were, whose faces were like uh, the faces
0: of lions, and they were as swift as the rose upon the mountain. These are who Gadda. Gadites who come to David where in the stronghold in the wilderness, in the in the wilderness. and uh, what are these Gadites like?
4: Of valor. Yeah,
0: they are very capable soldiers. Um, And the fact that they would come to David is pretty impressive. He lists them in 9 through 13. Then in 14, these of the sons of Gad were captains of the army. He who was least was equal to a hundred, and the greatest to a thousand. These are the ones who crossed the Jordan in the first month when it was overflowing all its banks, and they put uh, put to flight all those in the valleys, both to the east and to the west. So, Uh, You've got the Gadites who were very powerful. I mean, one of them was uh, like a hundred (laughs) men. And uh, the better ones of them were like a thousand. So these guys were really good. (laughs) They were uh, hard hard to beat. And they come down to strengthen David when he's in the wilderness in the stronghold. So they're a big help to him. Comments and questions on this section. During the time he's fleeing from Saul, at least, I'm not sure which time, Maybe so. There's several times he was in the wilderness. I don't know if I know which of those times. Somebody may know more than I do about that. All right, here's some more who come to David when he's in the stronghold. Somebody read 16 to 18.
4: Some of the sons of Benjamin and Judah came to the stronghold of David. David we went out to meet them, and answered and said to them, If you come peacefully <coughs> with me to help me, my heart shall be united with you. But if you but if to betray me to my adversaries, since there is no wrong in my hand, may the God of our fathers look on it and decide. Then the Spirit came upon Amesiah, <coughs> who was the chief of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, O David, and with you, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, and peace to him who helped you. Indeed, your God helps you. And David received them and made them captains of the band.
0: All right, here's some more people coming into the stronghold in the wilderness. These are people from which tribes? Judah and Benjamin. What's David, David's initial uh, feeling about these guys? You reckon he can trust them? You know, he's a little suspicious of them. Is there any reason why David might be suspicious? <coughs> Maybe. Certainly, and Saul's double-crossed him on a number of occasions. Has David been betrayed by anybody else? That was pretty common during this uh, period uh, flight from Saul. Betrayed by Doeg. Uh, to some extent, in 1 Samuel 21 and 22. That city of Keilah, Keilah, whatever you want to say, in 1 Samuel 23, that he, he, he defended them from the Philistines, and then Saul found out he was in a walled city and was going to march on the city and demand them to hand over David. David got wind of it, and he asked God, will this city hand me over? And God said, yeah, they will. You know, so much for their appreciation for him defending them from the Philistines. He was betrayed by the Ziphites, in First Samuel 26, who squealed on him to Saul, telling him where he was. So I don't think it's so unreasonable that David have some suspicion. Do you suppose these guys are really coming over to him with honorable intentions or not? Um, but what do they say?
4: That they're his.
0: Yeah. This one, the Spirit comes upon Amasai, who's one of these uh, soldiers, and, and he speaks very well. In, in verse 18, we are yours, O David, with you, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, peace to him who helps you. Indeed, your God helps you. They recognize that God in the final analysis is the true helper, but they are with him and they were loyal to him. I, this was, they were sincere in this offering, so David makes them. And David's getting lots of people coming to him at various times and places to help him and strengthen him. Uh, but it's ultimately God who's doing all of that. Comment. All right, would somebody read 19 to 22? You can skip over the list of names, but 19 to
4: 22. <coughs> From Manasseh also, some defected to David, for he was about to go to battle with the Philistines against Saul. But they did not help them, for the lords of the Philistines, after, con- after consultation, sent him away, saying, At the cost of our heads he made effect to his master Saul. As he went to Ziklag, they were defected to him from Manasseh, those people, captains of thousands who belonged to Manasseh. And they helped David against a band of raiders, for they were all mighty men of valor and were captains of the army. For day to day men came to David to help him, until there was a great army like the army of God.
0: These are people from where? Came to David in what setting, in what time period? remember that this was the time when he was living in ziklag and the philistines thought that he was actually fighting against israel and that he would be thrilled to join them in this huge anti-israel offensive they're mounting and david escaped by the skin of his teeth on that one it was not a good episode in david's life that whole time in ziklag he was living a lie and he was not doing so well Uh, But these people from Manasseh come and help him. They're at Ziklag in that time. And how good of soldiers are these guys? Yeah, they're mighty men. And they were uh, captains in his army. Look at verse 22. What you see happening, and these whole two chapters show this, is that David gradually gains strength as people come to him from Gad, from Benjamin, from Judah, from Manasseh, This time, that time, another time, another time, people just continue coming. And often, great men of valor, great soldiers, great mighty warriors that are able to strengthen his army and give him uh, more ability to fight. Um, Questions or comments through 22. All right, look at verse uh, 23. Now, these are the numbers of the divisions equipped for war who came to David at Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him, according to the word of the Lord. And now we start looking at the numbers of of people in the various tribes. Um, And to basically come into Hebron to give him the power. Um, Now this is, they're giving him the power, but it's really according to the word of the Lord. So you've got in verse 24, which tribe? All right, you've got Judah, and then in verse 25, Simeon, and then 26 and following, Levi, 27, or 29, rather, sorry, Benjamin. Now, look at the numbers there in 24 to 29. You kind of get a feel for the numbers. Now, in 30, we have Ephraim. And look at the numbers there. And then in 31, the half of Manasseh, the half on the mainland side. And then in 32, 33, notice they helped David with an undivided heart. They were really good. Notice the numbers. 34, Naphtali, 35, Danites, 36, Asher 37, the other side of the Jordan, grouped together Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh. Now, let's count them up. Judah, Simeon, Levi, Benjamin, Ephraim, half of Manasseh, Issachar, Zebulun, Naphtali, Dan, Asher, and the other side of the Jordan. How many did you come up with? Twelve. But they do this twelve interesting every time, don't they? This is not quite the twelve tribes. Because they have Levi in it, but they group those three two two and a half on the one side of the Jordan together, but then they list the Manasseh on the other side of the Jordan separately. It comes out to twelve again, but it comes out to twelve by... Listing Manasseh separately, adding Levi, but grouping the two and a half together as one. The the numbers, do they surprise you a little bit? The, The relative numbers between, say, 24 to 29, versus 30 to 37? There's more numbers from what areas? From the north, from farther away. Why do you suppose that might be? I don't know about that. So they weren't as close to Saul? They were in the same region. Well, but yeah, maybe, but Judah? that would be close to David. Here's what I think. I don't know for sure, but I suspect that David has already gotten a lot of followers, a lot of soldiers from those areas in the south. He hasn't gotten as many yet from the north, and so when he comes to Hebron, he gets more people from there. He's already got a lot of the southern people as soldiers in his army. That's my guess, for whatever that's worth. Um, Comments and questions on, uh, on anything through 37?
4: Yes. Okay.